For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Recorded live. Greetings, everyone, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. We're going to open up tonight from Hebrews chapter 6, uh, reading verses 1 through 3. It says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands, and of the resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permit. I submit unto you tonight that the church is at that state right now. They have not let those things alone. They, they, and we're not seeing the greater works. We're not seeing the awesome power of God. We're not seeing the demonstration of God's power as he has chosen it to be. All because we are, we are, we have we have left the doctrine of the apostles and the prophets. The word of God says that no other doctrine can be laid, no other but that of the, 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 the apostles' doctrine, the prophets and apostles' doctrine with Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. And what, and what is happening in our churches now, our churches are making church numbers rather than disciples. Jesus said, go out into all the world and make disciples. What is a disciple? A disciple is a follower a learner, and a doer. And those that follow God, they, they, they follow Christ. They're no more I to live, but Christ that liveth in me. I learn all I can, and then I do what I learn. And, they, and, that, and the problem is that, 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 that the church is not teaching the new converts right. We teach them that Christ was the perpetuation, he was the eternal sacrifice, and we're under grace and truth, and we're free from the law. And, 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 and that we have uh, grace, now and peace, that we were far off of coming to the family of God. But that's all they're teaching them. And we got church members going to church every Sunday, shouting, dancing, praising God, getting the field, coming back the next Sunday, paying their time, money, looking at how they dress, comparing themselves one to the other. But I come tonight to submit unto you that, that we need to leave these things that go on now to the fullness of the glory of God, the power of God. We need to get into the realness of God. The word of God lets us know that there's a form of God, that, that many have a form of godliness denying the power thereof. They don't have any power. It's like Jesus came to the fig tree, and the fig tree had a ring, spread it wide, and then a blossom was blooming. But when he got ready to eat, there were figs, there was nothing up there. And we got a lot of that going on in the church. But I'm here to tell you tonight that we can move into a whole new arena. And I'm going to use as my base scripture tonight, 2 Kings chapter 6. And we're, and we're going to pull out some points out of that in just a little bit. Before we do that, though, we want to preface this message, this teaching, with you to understand some things. That the church has been teaching wrong. Jesus taught his disciples for three years that they overturned the world. 
We got people been holding out the same pew for 10 years and haven't overturned anything. So now let's get into the meat of this thing. What, what has the church been missing in their teaching? And the teaching was like Jesus told Nicodemus. Nicodemus saw Jesus doing the miracles, doing all the things that he was doing, came unto him by night, and Jesus told him that you must be, you got to be born again to see the kingdom of heaven. And he told him, now, he said, you being a master of Israel and knoweth not these things? What did, what did Nicodemus not know? He did not know that the Christ existed before Jesus came into the world, that there was a Christ in the Old Testament. He wasn't, there was a Christ, but he was the only begotten son of God, but he was in existence through the word before them, but he did not know him. Now, the first Adam was a living soul. The second Adam was a living spirit. And there is a difference here. Now, let's look at this. Praise God. According to the word of God, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23, we are spirit, soul, and body. 3 John 1 and 2 says that we should prosper as our soul prospers. So now and we need to understand what, what is the word saying to us. The new converts need to come and need to understand that they are a new creation in Christ Jesus. They are, when they are born again, they are something that has never existed before. Praise God. And, and you're going to see what I mean in a minute because we're going to get deep with this thing. They are something that never existed. They are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Behold, all things have become new. So now we look at they need to understand the, the, the spirit, the soul, and the body. So let's focus on that for just a minute. Before we go, before we go, it's like ABCs and it's like math. You got to understand uh, uh, addition and subtraction and division before you can do algebra. So we, we got to set the basis before we get into the meat here. And so bear with me for a minute. Now, understanding the soul, the spirit comes in contact with the body. It creates a soul, and you become a living soul. The soul is the most valuable thing you own. The Bible says, what shall a man give in exchange of his soul? The Bible also refers to the soul as the heart. Now, what is the soul? The soul is the mind, the will, the emotions, the conscience, the intellect, and the imagination. That's the soul. And the soul is what communicates with its counterpart to the body, the brain. Now, the, the Bible says, guard your heart for with all diligence. But out of it flows the issues of life. So we have to guard our soul and guard our heart. And that's what the enemy comes at. He wants you to feel defeated. He wants to come at your marriage. He wants to come at your money. He wants to come at your home because he wants you to be disheartened. Because he knows that if he can get you disheartened, he can stop you from functioning in the body of Christ. Now let's look at this thing. Jesus died, and, and we died with him. And baptism is the outward confession of the inward change. We died with him, we're risen with him. The word of God says we're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, who has been given a name that's above every name. So I, we are there with him. We can't see it in our brain man naturally, but our soul man can walk in both realms. The soul man can see in both the spiritual realm and the physical realm. We can only see physically because we have five senses 
in the, in the earth realm that have been given to us to operate and function in this realm. If either one of those sisters go bad, the other sisters try to pick up and help to compensate for what's going on in this realm so that we can function. Well, it's the same way in the spiritual realm. Now, in the spiritual realm, the soul can see in both realms. Now, Jesus, the second Adam, was a living spirit. The first Adam was a living soul. When Adam died, in which he did die, the word of God said he would die if he ate the forbidden food. He died, and he was cast out. People say, well, he didn't die. Yes, he did die, because death is defined as separation from God. And he was separated to his soul, man. Uh, the tenth power of the soul was within. He could not access it. But when God sent his only begotten son, the living soul, the second Adam, came and brought that part of our soul, man, alive. And we became alive. And the soul, man, eyes were open to see in the spirit realm. The word of God says they got to live by the spirit of giving the right to be the sons of God. Now, what happens is the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Jesus said, if I go not the company with my car. So the Holy Spirit comes upon us, and it takes our spirit, man, into the spiritual realm, where we are seated in authority in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And people think Christ is dead somewhere. Christ is alive. He's over the body. The body of Christ is the habitation of God. It's the habitation of the spirit. Ephesians 2 says, we who were far off have been grown close and brought into the body of Christ. The word of God says, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, that thought it not robbery to be equal with God, to be in the God family. I'm in the God family. And by me being in the God family, I have to learn what Romans 12 and 1 says. We're to be translated by the renewing of our mind. Our mind has to be renewed. And praise God, and I heard the word of God said that not only that, but that we've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his marvelous light. That word kingdom denotes government, rulership, and order. Our mind has to be fixed to work in the new kingdom, government, rulership, and order. So when our mind is set there, praise God, that's why the word of God says, set your affections on things above where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God. Praise God, because if our affections are there, we can hear and see and move in the spirit realm. Now, what happens is because the soul man can see in both realms, the soul man goes and it gets the information, and it has to bring it from our soul to our body. That's why people hear God differently in different manners and different ways because the soul man has to communicate with God. Now, to do that, we have to get out. That's why we have to walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. Praise God, because the flesh man cannot inherit these things, and no flesh will grow it in God's sight. But the spiritual man, our spirit man, connected to our soul man, is able to bring forth and live by the Spirit of God. And when we get in that position, we're getting in a place now that we're leaving those, the doctrine of Christ and going into the doctrine of the kingdom. And that's what we're going to focus on tonight, the doctrine of the kingdom of God. You've got to be able to hear in the spirit. You've got to be able to see in the spirit. You've got to be able to taste in the spirit. You've got to be able to smell in the spirit. How do you smell in the spirit? You smell because what you deserve. How do you taste in the spirit? You taste that that you can digest. Jesus said, taste of me 
and see that I am good. Glory to God. What do you hear in the Spirit? You hear through the Word of God, through the Spirit of the Lord. Praise God. Jesus said, my, my sheep know my voice, and another one they will not follow. And you've got to be able to hear. And the enemy, again, I'm going to point it out, the enemy wants to block your conscience because your conscience is part of your soul. If you are in condemnation and feeling guilty, then you can't hear good. But you need to know that Jesus' blood and what the sin did about, much more than Christ about. The blood of Jesus flows from the highest mountain to the lowest valley. And whom the Son set free is free indeed. He knew every sin you were going to ever commit before you ever got saved. But when you heard the voice of the Lord, it was applied to you and you were sealed until the day of redemption. Now, you can get lost in that day, but you were sealed until then. And that sealing, praise God, brings us into a place of righteousness. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So if your conscience is bad, you'll be under condemnation. The enemy can block you. Your imagination is how you see in the spirit realm. That's your sight. And if you imagine in the wrong stuff, you can't see in the spirit realm. But if your mind has been seasoned in the word of God, and you study to show yourself approved, and you understand the things of God, you can get, begin to visualize and see in the spirit realm. As your hearing comes in, as your smelling comes in, then you'll be able to see and hear in the spirit realm. Now, when we do that, we're getting into the kingdom of, the kingdom of Christ. We're leaving the doctrine of Christ and going into his body, into his kingdom. What is his body? The body is the ecclesia, the called out ones. The one that in Ephesians chapter 2, God says, is now his temple where he makes his habitation. What is, the, what is his body? His body is that indwelling spirit where he says the kingdom of heaven is within. Praise God, and out of the issues, out of our beneficial rivers of living water. So I want you to see tonight, praise God, that where we, where God has brought us through the, the soul man is very important. Now we're going to get to a higher teaching later. That's going to take us into the spiritual man, into this new man in Christ Jesus, and this new creation is who we are, and we're going to be able to do, and do some greater things. But right now, I want you to understand that when Jesus said, I can do what I hear and see my Father do, that's what he was talking about. He was able to go in the spirit realm, glory to God, and see and hear. And praise God, Jesus did what he hear and saw his Father do. They that are led by the Spirit. God's Spirit needs to be leading you to be his son. Now, praise God, we're going to look at this thing. And in the, in the body of Christ, there is, there is the fivefold, what we call the fivefold ministry, or the gifts of purpose. Apostle, prophet, teacher, and evangelist, praise God. We got a, a, a apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, I mean evangelist and teacher in the body of Christ. And that has been given to the body for the perfection of the saints. We got nine gifts to say something, nine gifts to do something, and nine spiritual gifts that reveal something that's found in First Corinthians chapter twelve. And the Bible says, "Seek to convert your best gift." Meaning, how you hear the Spirit, what God is leading you to do. If He's leading you to prophesy, then you need to prophesy. If He needs you to prophesy through preaching and proclaiming, then you need to preach the gospel. If He's leading you in the gift of apostleship, you need to walk in that apostleship. Now, the, the reason that the body of Christ is so divided is because it's not functioning right. Praise God, we got a church on every corner and people dying and going to hell. Ain't nobody going up against the spiritual forces 
and the principalities of the earth realm. That's mentioned in, in, in Ephesians chapter 6. We are in a place in God that we need to be a vessel of light. And where light comes, darkness got to, to, to go. And when you realize who you are in God, that you have this treasure in an earthen vessel, that the Father and the Son have came to live in you, and that thing is in you and in Christ is our hope of glory. You're able to move and flow now in the spirit realm, in the body of Christ. No matter what your gifting of your office is, it comes from the self-same spirit, all working in one. There's no competition in the spirit of God. And because the church, the physical church, see, the church is both an organism and an organization. And the organism is on point, on time, and is right. But the organization in the earth world in a lot of places has become dysfunctional because they are out of order. The highest spiritual office is the apostle. The highest office of the church is the bishop. Now, let me tell you the difference between the two. The bishop is the administrative office of governing the church, and that's where the Holy Spirit has turned over to governing the church. The apostle has the highest spiritual order because the apostle is going to set things in order. He's going to bring in that which is new. He's going to, he's going to, uh, he's going to open new, new ministries, new churches. The, the apostolic calling goes in different areas, but it's to usher in something new that you build with Christ, and you've got a revelation. He said, without a revelation, my people perish. The apostle brings the revelation in. And once the apostle has brought the revelation in and set the house in order, the prophet enters into his domain with the gift of prophecy and with the prophetic, and he's going he's, he's to prophesy according to the vision that God is doing. And then after, as he prophesies, then the pastor is going to feed the sheep based on the word of God. The evangelist is going to take the power of God in the anointing that destroys the yoke and begin to go out and minister in different places to bring them in to so that they can be disciples, so they can be, be taught by the pastor, receive the word by the prophet, get in the order of the apostolic order of the apostle, and then they're going to bring them in, and then they're going to be able to sit down with the teacher, wow. and the teacher's going to be able to teach them. That's how the order works. Wow. Praise God, but the body has become dysfunctional because the love of many has waxed cold. Everybody wants to be somebody. They, they're better than somebody else because they're comparing themselves to other people and they want everybody in their ministry. They don't want another minister to rise and go up and become spiritually mature in their ministry because they're scared they're going to take their ministry. But that's not the order of God. The, the power flows in the order. And once we get the order of God in us, then we can move under the anointing and the power and the consecration of the Holy Spirit. Praise God, Christ is alive forevermore. Now, I'm going I'm I'm to give this revelation to you, and we're going to stop for tonight and wait for next night. We're going to give this revelation to you. Praise God. The revelation that we're going to give to you. Praise God. The revelation, glory to God, the revelation that we're going to give to you is the, is the revelation of, of the prophet Elisha. And we know the story of Elisha. He received the mantle from Elijah, the anointing, the purpose, and being, and, and destiny. Now, we're going to pick him up in, a, in, in 2 Kings chapter 6. And I'm going to point out some. I'm just going to touch on some of the spiritual things found in that chapter. You can read it on your own. But I'm going to touch on some of the spiritual things. 
one of the sons of the prophet dropped the axe in the water and told the prophet that it was belong to somebody else. And the prophet, the prophet went forth and to, 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 to get the axe in, and he took a, 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 a limb and threw it in the water, and the axe head did float. I want to share with you that was the gift of miracle. That was a miracle. Man's, man's experience is yet God's opportunity. And the gift, the gift of miracles highly flow among the prophets because the prophets had the creative power of God to create the manifest of the things he hears in the earth realm. God, the Jesus said in, his, in the prayer, he said, Lord, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The prophet has the prophet and the word of knowledge and word of wisdom has the gift in the words they hear from God to command it in the earth realm and cause the birth to come forth. And that's what Elijah did. He used his gift for the work for the working of miracles and called forth a miracle as Jesus did when he took the five loaves of fish, the five fish and, and, uh, and five loaves of bread and two fish and fed the five thousand. He used the gift of miracles as he did when he sent them out to catch the fish. And the corn said, the first fish you catch, the corn in his mouth, give it to Caesar. The gift of miracles come. Now, there's a difference between Elijah and us today, and I'll get into that a little later. But, you, but Elijah is the basic understanding of how the gift operated. See, when Christ came, he was the fulfillment of all of that. So, but he, and he done some things different. We got a new and a better covenant now. But I want you to understand that the operation of the gift is the same in its in 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 flowing in parts as the one Elijah had. Now, Let's move on next to Elijah. We find him as the king of Syria was attacking the king of Israel. Now, I want you to look for just a minute. Israel was God's people, chosen nation to reach the rest of the world. It was about as messed up as anybody could be. But God chose them to show himself through to reach the rest of the world. And in reaching the rest of the world to do that, praise God, he chose Israel. And then the demons and the devil don't like it when God is using you, when he comes at your life. Tonight I want you to point out some things within your own life right now. After I finish the call, you need to have identified your purpose. You need to have identified how to hear what God is telling you to do right now. And you need to have identified how to manifest the glory of God in the earth realm. Now, what happened is the demon spirits went into the people of Assyria. They come to Israel. And everywhere they would come and try to get Israel, the word of God would come to the king of Israel through the prophet Elijah and tell them where they were doing. When Syria was trying to set traps for Israel, Israel would be that first to take them captive. And the king of Syria got upset and wanted to know how they're doing this. And he said, it's that prophet Elijah over there in the king's bedchamber. What was Elijah doing? Elijah was operating in the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. What he was hearing and seeing in the spirit realm, he was able to tell the king so the king could position his people. We need that word of wisdom and word of knowledge. We need the, the past mind of God and the present mind of God. And we need to be able to use that as wisdom to accomplish. The word of God says my people perish for what? A lack of knowledge because they don't have the wisdom to apply the knowledge or the information that they have. Solomon said in the Proverbs, we need to seek wisdom. We need to seek the wisdom of the God. I heard the word of God in James 
chapter 1 says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask God for it to give it to all men liberally and unbridled. But don't let him ask anything wavering, but he's got to ask in faith. Praise God. And so when we ask for God for wisdom, he gives us that wisdom. And, and being led by the Spirit, he will guide our lives. He will take us into the new territory. He will take us into that new plane and that new level. He will move our ministry, cause us to shift into a new position. Praise God, through the power of God, we'll be able to move into that new position in God. Oh, glory to God. Father, we thank you right now. Lord, we praise you. We magnify your name. And so as the king of Assyria said, we got to get that prophet. So they sent a whole army to get the prophet. The Bible said he was down at Dudan, and his servants saw this army coming and began to get fearful. I want to tell you tonight that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Glory to God. He's given us love, power, and a sound mind. Praise God. See, fear is the opposite of faith. Fear comes to cause you not to walk in faith. But when you believe God and trust him, I heard Jesus say that when you pray and believe that you receive what you say, and you, you shall have what you say. If you speak unto this mountain, command it to go into the sea, and be not removed, it got to go. But why? Because you believe in your heart. Your soul, man. He said, if you believe in your heart, what you, what you plan for, you shall have whatever you say. Mark 11 and 24. We need to understand, praise God, the power that rests within the soul, man. And we can't allow fear to dominate or block us from anything. He has not given us that spirit. That's the spirit of the devil. And we cast down that fear. And Elijah knew that, so he prayed with his servant. His servant was running Elijah, Elijah's master. And, he, and Elijah, Elijah began to pray, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And he looked up and he saw the angelic host and said, they are more for us than they are against us. I want to submit unto you tonight that there are angels that are, are, are ready, that are ministered spirits unto us who are the heirs of salvation. According to Hebrews 1 and 14, all the angels are available to us as ministering spirits when we need them to do a work. Praise God. And those angels come to help you do. You cannot fight the devil on your own. This battle is not yours, but this battle is the Lord's. And all he wants you to do is rest in him and avail yourself to his power. Walk not according to your sight, but walk by faith that just shall live by faith. You take the word of the living God, and you speak out of your spirit, man, and you're standing in the righteous place of Christ under the righteousness of God, and out of your belly pouring rivers of living water. Praise God, and you take that and you speak. The angelic host will come to your rescue. They're watching over God's word, and it won't return into your void. And you're standing in the word of God, and the angelic host is with you. Then you need to know how to use it now. All those angels were there, but they didn't just come in the earth realm. Elijah had to do something in the earth realm to bring their power. And so when the army got there to get him, he said, follow me. I'll take you to whom you see. The word of God said they lose, they lose blindness on them because the dead would not know who he is. So in other words, he, he commanded the angels, blind them in the name of our, my Lord, that they may not know who I am. So when they came to him, I guess he didn't look like a powerful man of God. I guess he didn't look like somebody that walked and folded in authority. You can't judge a person by how they look. 
you judge a person by how they demonstrate. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe. He said, you will know them by their fruits. Praise God, and you will know them by their love. That's how we know the, the, the powerful people of God is by their love, by their fruits, and by the signs that follow. All of that together lets us know that we're following true men and women of God. But Elijah took them captive and led them into the camp of Israel. And the king of Israel wanted to kill them. Elijah said, no, would you kill them that you took them captive by the sword? Elijah said, I took these captive by the spirit. You need to defeat that devil in your life and take him captive. You need to understand what's going on in the earth to right now. You need to understand the principalities and the power that are around your city, that are around your life. And you, the word of God says, one will chase a thousand, two will chase ten thousand. Praise God, when you stand up in God, in the power of the anointed Holy One of Israel, Jesus of Nazareth, when you stand up in the Christ, the Messiah, the living King, Yeshua, Yeshua, the one that, that knew no sin and became sin for you and I, that seated high in heavenly places that we are there with him, walking in the power to command, getting that information back to our soul, man. When you take your position, you're able to loose the word angel against the spirits around your community like homosexual, against the loss of love, a spirit of confusion in the church, praise God, the spirit of addiction. You'll be able to come against those things. The prayers of the righteous are better much. More than that, you'll be able to come against some devils that's trying to destroy your life, that's trying to keep you from your purpose of God. You'll be able to cast down them destiny pirates and thieves, praise God, through the power of the living God. So tonight I tell you, you need to put on the whole armor of God and be strong in the power of his might. His might is awesome. Why, Paul said, I'm forgetting them things which are behind me. I press forward to walk as Christ walked. I want to walk in demonstration of power of the Holy Ghost. I want to walk as Christ walked. I want my life to be a living example. I want to look like Christ. I want to talk like Christ. Why? Because I'm a disciple. I'm a follower of his. I'm a learner of his. And I'm a doer of his word. I ask you to go back and research these scriptures. Understand what First Thessalonians 5 and 23, what Hebrews 1 and 4, what Third John 1 and 2 is talking about, what Second Kings uh, 6 chapter is talking about in demonstration, and learn how to bring the power of God through the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, through the gift of laying on of hands, through the gift of tongues, through the learning of the spirit. Learn how that we are functioning in the body, and how this whole body functions together. Oh, let me get at this. And the Holy Spirit said People don't like order, but you can't break God's order. The bishop is the administrator. The apostle is the chief spiritual officer. And if the apostle brings the vision into the church and into the ministry, you've got to line your gift up with the apostle. The apostle is seeing you bringing in this revelation, and you're falling in this region or under this apostolic authority in the order of God. You've got to get with your apostle. Because your prophetic gift ain't going to flow right until it's flowing with your apostle. For the kingdom of heaven is not divided. He's not going to have one saying one thing and one doing another as an order of things. The pastor gets in his role, and, and, and he uses his gift of prophecy and his gift of shepherding to love and to shepherd the saints. The deacon gets in his role of servanthood. Praise God, the teacher gets in his role. The evangelists get in their role, but it's flowing from the order of the apostle. The apostle's order. 
Praise God. No other doctrine can there be but the apostles, that of the prophets, the apostles with Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. And I close tonight and I tell you in this study, you need to know who you are in God. You need to get in your place and in your position. You need to walk in the power to command. You need to take authority over this realm. As Adam had authority, the second Adam took, brought you back into that first Adam, but brought you back in a higher state. See, God made up a lost time. That time that Adam lost because he fell. The second Adam, the one born of the Spirit, brought us back to a higher revelation, a deeper anointing, a greater purpose in God to move forth. Glory to God. And we need to step into that. We need to walk into that. We need to take dominance over this earth realm. He was not confined by time. You'd be like Philip, you'd be caught up in the spirit. You'll be able to entertain angels and talk with them. Praise God, because they'll be coming because they'll know that they can talk to you, because they'll know who you are. Because when other angels don't know who people are on certain levels in heaven, because a lot of people ain't never been up before. Glory to God. All right, at this time. We're going to ask you to unmute your phone, and we're going to open it up for comments, for questions, and for studies, and for prayer if anybody needs it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Any comments? Any questions? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Come on, saints. Well, praise God. We hope everybody understood everything. Did you get anything out of this word? Well, praise God. Well, we thank you for joining us tonight. May God bless you. And heaven smile upon him. Praise God. Any word, anybody, any last comments? This is what I pray. Yes, yeah, I'm here. Hey, this is Elder Ringo. Just a quick question for you. Uh, I want to make sure I wrote it down right. Uh, could you review the, uh, I believe I just had it jotted down as a church order or as in how they, the organization, how they fall in line with the uh, fivefold and uh, and the different gifts. I think you said apostle and bishop. Uh, right. What happens is the, the office of the apostle has been ignored by many churches, right. okay? And uh, they, they want to ignore the apostolic order, but you can't ignore the apostolic order. The, the right. bishopry is a desired office. A man can desire the office of a bishop. There are just requirements for that office. He's to be the husband of one wife. He's to have a good report of those that are without. He can desire that office. And, and just the way God says that a man should, that means he's a governor, a spiritual administrator of, the, of Christ's church in the earth realm, okay? The apostle is part of the fivefold ministry offices. And those offices, the highest order, is the apostle. He's bringing forth the vision. Without the vision, the people perish. And he's bringing forth a right now word of God 
for your area, your community, your apostle. Then as the apostle, the prophets will come in, come in and, they, and their word is going to line up with the vision of the, of the apostle. And they got the creative power. And all this works by the self-same spirit for the perfecting of the saints until we all come into the unity of the faith. And then, and then those, out of those offices, you got nine gifts, nine spiritual gifts, three that reveal something, three that say something, and three that do something. And we got and out of those gifts, you got the gift of faith, praise God. You got the gift of laying on of hands. Uh, you, you got the, the power gifts that you have. You got the gift of discernment. You got the gift of word of knowledge, word of wisdom. You got the gift of prophecy. All the gifts come in those nine gifts, and they and they and they all work with the people that are in the offices. And some people have just the gift of help, but they still work with them because it's one body. The I cannot say it's not the body because it's not the foot, but it all works together, given by the self-same spirit. Okay. So that was three reveal something, three do something. And then what was the last one? Three gifts. Three to say something. They're found in First Corinthians chapter twelve. All right, sir. I appreciate that, and I have been blessed by your teaching on tonight. Uh, I just had to get to a quieter place. My kids was up there setting up. So, uh, <laughs> I understand. God bless you, sir. sir. I look forward to uh, joining you again on this. Uh, Amen. We'll be right back here through. next Friday night. And we're probably going to do a, re- a rebroadcast of this one probably tomorrow night because a lot of people didn't get to hear this one. Yes, and sir. so we'll do a rebroadcast of this one. And we'll probably be back on the line again tomorrow night at 9 but we're just going to replay this one. Well, I just want you to stay encouraged and keep doing what you're doing, sir. You're, you're being a great help. It may not seem like it on the surface, but you really are being a, a, a blessing to the body. That's well, we thank you. Keep us in your prayers that God will keep using me to manifest himself through. And may God bless you all. And let us pray. Anybody else have anything else they want to say tonight? Praise God. If nothing else, then we'll go. We'll close out with prayer. Father God, we just thank you tonight for your word. Father, we pray that your word will bless your people, O oh God. That it will cause them to shift and move into another position, O oh God. That it will cause them to start taking authority in their life, O oh God, and pulling down strongholds and casting down imaginations, O oh God. That they will understand how to flow in you, O oh God. They will understand what it is to set their affections on things above, not on the earth. What it is, O oh God, for them to be led by your spirit. But what it is for them to move in demonstration of power of your Holy Spirit. Father God, we're praying now that you would bless, Lord, them to be able to see and open their eyes tonight, oh God, that they may be able to see and understand from your word. In Yeshua, the Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Praise God. We thank you all for coming, and we'll see you next week, same time. Or tomorrow night, we're going to rebroadcast at 9. God bless you. All right, God bless you.
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.